been in a series, if you have not been here, called Mixtapes and Love Letters. Everybody say it with me. Mixtapes and Love Letters. And this series, um, so far, we've been in it for about three weeks. Um, it's been really good. Like, God has been, like, challenging me hardcore um, on just some things that I just, like, that I'm like, man, I don't really want to share those things. I don't know if, you know if the church is ready for all that. Like, but he's been really challenging me. And so I hope that he's been challenging you guys as well because it's been, been really good um, for me. But today um, I'm going to be really preaching about singleness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the single people in the house. If you are not married, you are single, okay? Uh, I don't care if you're in a relationship or whatever. But it's not only just about singles. Um, so I don't want the married couples, don't close your ears off to this. Don't get up and leave. Because um, it's, it's going to be a lot more about um, aloneness and, and, and what loneliness is. And so it's going to be um, really good. So I'm super excited about that. Um, but we're going to be opening up our, our text today is out of Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. Luke chapter 4. Verses 1 through 14. And to give some context to this, this scripture right here, this is when Jesus went out um, for 40 days and 40 nights, and he fasted and he prayed before he started his ministry. So verse 1, it says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So get that. He was tempted by the devil for 40 days. He ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. No, no kidding. I would be hungry too. 40 days, I'd be hungry after eight hours. So he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, this is when the devil starts tempting him. If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Verse 5, the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. So he showed him all these glorious kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. So this is a a turn of events. So this is when the devil starts telling him, what is written in the word of God. So the devil knows the word of God in this moment. So he said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And so verse 7, he said, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him. Verse 9, the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. Verse 10, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. So this is the enemy talking. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Verse 12. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. So today as we continue on in our series, Mixtapes and Love Letters, I want to speak to you on the subject of all by myself, as we deal with what it looks like to be alone and how we should run to Jesus in our loneliness. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. Father, I thank you for every individual that's in this room. Father, I pray that as I speak this message, Father, I thank you that you would teach us, that you would lead us, and that you would guide us. And Father, I pray that at the end of this message that, that we would realize that we're never alone, 
And that even in the darkest moments of our life and even in the happiest moments of our life, whatever we may be facing, that you are present and that you are there. And Father, so I get rid of any anxiety. I get rid of any fear that would hinder me from preaching your word. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that not one life in this room leaves the same way that they came in. But Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit changes us, that he renews us, and that we're ultimately set free by the word of God. I pray that it would be your words and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Everybody shout with me, number one. My first point is this. In loneliness, we are never separated. In loneliness, we are never separated. So as I'm preaching this, so whether single or married, this is the question that we have to ask ourselves. How does your relationship with Christ impact how you handle loneliness in life? How does our relationship with Christ impact how we handle loneliness in life? You see, it doesn't matter what stage of life we are in. In fact, the fact of the matter is this. We all have experienced loneliness or being alone at some point or another. Every single one of us in this room, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're divorced, whatever it is, we've all experienced some type of loneliness. And so I really want to take a look at, like, what loneliness is and how we can counteract loneliness with God. Amen? So number one is this. In loneliness, we are never separated. Romans 8, 38 through 39, it says this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So a lot of us in this room have experienced loneliness at one point or another in our lives. Maybe you are even dealing with it right now. If we really ask ourselves and we really dig deep, we may be even dealing with some type of loneliness Right now, So as I was studying this message, I, I just started looking up all kinds of articles. I started, like, just researching loneliness and, and depression and, and all these different things. So I, I read a lot of secular articles, and I also read a lot of Christian articles. But this Christian article stood, stood out to me the most. It says this. We look at loneliness as an enemy to be avoided at all costs. We look at loneliness as an enemy to be avoided at all costs. But this side of redemption's consummation, our lives will never be free from loneliness. I know, bummer, you came to church and you're like, man, how do I get free from loneliness? How do I get free from those things? But at this side of life, our lives will never be free from some type of loneliness. God uses it to get our attention. So when we, when a wave of loneliness hits, I try to consciously think, why do I feel this way? So this guy in this article, he says, when a wave of loneliness attacks me, when a wave of loneliness comes, I try to think of why, why do I feel this way? I feel this way because I was made for God, following the counsel of Elizabeth Elliot. So Elizabeth Elliot says this in this article. I turned to my loneliness, I turned my loneliness into solitude and my solitude into prayer. Let me say that again. I turned my loneliness into solitude and my solitude into prayer. The definition of solitude is this, the state or situation of being alone. The state or situation of of being alone. We've we said a lot of times, like, man, I really want to find solitude. I want to find solitude. But I think a lot of times when we say those things, we don't really know what we're saying. You're really saying, I, 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 I want to be alone. I want to find solitude. I want to be alone. And so I wrote this. The Holy Spirit gave me this. Solitude is substance in which our prayers and our loneliness with God is filled. Ooh, that's good. Come on. Solitude is substance in which our prayers and our loneliness with God is filled. So solitude is the very substance in which everything that I'm dealing with 
with, when, I, when I pray, it's what, it's what fills me up. So when I'm alone with God, those moments where I'm alone with God, those are the times where you could be filled up. And so when he says in this commentary that, that we'll never be free from loneliness, why? Because God uses loneliness. God uses loneliness to shape us and to mold us into who he wants us to be. And a lot of times we try to run from loneliness. So this message today is, is not just about singles. It's not just about just married, married couples. It's not just about people that are divorced, but it's about all types of people. Because we all experience loneliness at some point or another in our lives. But I think it's, we have to take it a step further and we have to say, what do I do in my loneliness? When I'm really feeling down, when I'm really feeling depressed, when I'm really feeling ashamed, when I'm really feeling like no one's around me, what do I do in my loneliness? Do I succumb to temptations? Do I, do I succumb to the things that, that I know that I'm not supposed to do? What do I do in these moments? So we have to ask ourselves in that question. So in, in our loneliness, so I think the first thing that we really need to realize is that we're never separated. God said in his word that he will never leave us, what? Nor forsake us. So that means that any, any moment of your life that he's walking and he's present and he's always with you, even when it doesn't feel like he's with you, he's with you. Even in the middle of your darkness, he's with you. Even in the frustration that you're facing in your marriage, he's with you. Even in the loneliness and when you're feeling single and you're like, man, I wish I had a shoddy. I wish I had a girl that I could just come home to, man, that would be so nice. And even in that loneliness and that desperation, he's with you. And so it's important that we get, we, we know this, that in our loneliness, we are never separated from God. That he's always with us. And I think that it is the enemy's job. It is the enemy's job to make us feel isolated and alone. The enemy just wants to corner you and to say, man, there's no one here. Even when I've, I've found it that, that it's, 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 it's crazy to me because I started thinking about all the times that I really felt lonely in my life. And all those times I had people around me. All those times I had a family, family that cared for me. All those times I had best friends that were around me. People make fun of me all the time because I had 16 groomsmen in my wedding. And but I still experienced loneliness. Why? Why? Because even though I try to, try to fill the void with people, people can never fill my void. So a lot of us in our singleness, we're trying to fill the void with a relationship. But let me tell you this, that no relationship can fill the void that only God can fill in you. Come on, no relationship can only fill the void that God can only fill in you. So you can run to relationship, you can run to friends, you can run to family, you can run to all these people, but at the end of the day, it's just you and God. When you lay your head on your pillow, it's just you and your thoughts. It's you all by myself, all alone. It's just us. So it's important that we get this, that, that, that in our loneliness, we're never separated from God. And so the moment when you feel lonely, it might be this week, it might be even in this moment right now, it might be a few weeks from now, it might be a couple months, I pray that this message speaks to you and say, man, I'm feeling so lonely right now, what do I do? In this desperate moment of my life, I'm going to cry out to God and I'm going to say, Lord, even in my loneliness, fill my gaps, fill and shape me into who you want me to be. Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit in me. In the moments of loneliness, what are we doing? Who are we turning to? And it can maybe even not be a person. Let's get real. In our moments of loneliness, we can turn to pornography. We can turn to sex addiction. We can turn to alcohol. We can turn to drugs. There's multiple things that you can turn to in your loneliness. Why? Because we're always trying to fill something that only God can fill. And so if we don't allow him to fill that thing up, 
then you'll remain lonely, you'll remain alone, you'll remain feeling in the dark. Because why? Because only God can fill the void. Nothing else can fill that void. Everybody shout number two. Loneliness is not the absence of people, but rather the presence of pain. Loneliness is not the absence of people, but rather the presence of pain. Hebrews 4, 15, it says this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. So this shows me right here that it's so hard sometimes to think, man, like you think about Jesus and how he walked the earth and how he lived a sinless life. And sometimes we think, man, we put Jesus on this pedestal, but at the end of the day, he was human. When he walked the earth, he was tempted just how we were tempted. My opening verse, when the enemy tempted him right before he even started his ministry for 40 days and 40 nights, he tempted him on and on and on, day after day. But what did he do? He said, it is written. It is written. He kept speaking the word over his life. And so it's important that, that we know that loneliness is not the absence of people, but rather the presence of pain. Philippians 3.10 also says this. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection. Somebody shout, I know him. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And so I love this scripture. So in Philippians 3.10, Paul uses the phrase, the fellowship of his sufferings. So many of us love to enter into the fellowship of God's joy. But scripture also calls us to enter into the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. And I know a lot of times we say, man, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Man, I want to be happy. I'm so excited about life. Everything's so great. God is so good. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I used to say all these things all the time. And although they're true and they are the word of God, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we, we, should, we, we need to know that we, are to, we, we have times where we're going to suffer. Everything in life isn't all hunky-dory. Everything in life isn't all about roses and all good things. Even though you come in here and, and we say, man, we following, we're following Jesus, that's amazing. That's amazing. But I think a lot of times we've done Christianity a disservice because we say, when you come to follow Jesus, everything gets better. That is true in a sense. But that doesn't negate the fact that we're human and that things are going to happen in our lives. What's beautiful about it is that we can run to Jesus in the middle of our pain. We can run to Jesus in every circumstance. We can run to Jesus with our fear and say, Lord, I give you this. I cast it upon you. The word of God said, cast your cares upon the Lord. Because why? He cares for us. And so it's important that we cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. So in the middle of this, it's just important. I feel like a lot of times we do the church a disservice and we talk about all the joyful things of life. But we don't talk about the times where we suffer. Paul in the New Testament, it's all over the New Testament, suffered so many things. So many things. Jesus suffered and endured the cross. Why? For our sake. But we talk about all the good things of life. And so I love it. It says this. But scripture also calls us to enter into the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. And sometimes we don't need to avoid the pain or numb the pain. We need to look at the pain and ask God for a deeper joy. And I was writing that, I was like, whoo. Sometimes we don't need to avoid the pain or numb the pain. We need to look at the pain and ask God for a deeper joy. That's what real joy is. We say the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And we're happy, we're happy, we're happy. But really, real joy happens in deep moments of your life. When you experience the darkest moment of your life and you say, Lord, you're in this moment with me. 
And because you're in this moment with me, I can experience joy. What does joy look like? It looks like breath in your lungs to worship him the next day. It goes way deeper than that. And a lot of times we assume we are lonely because there aren't people around. We say things like this. I don't have any friends that care. I wish I had a girlfriend or a boyfriend. I wish I was married. Can I just say this? That we should enjoy every stage of life that we're in. Whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whatever it is, we should enjoy every single moment of our lives. We always have this this idea that the grass is always greener on the other side. People always say to me, guys that are single, my friends, because I have tons of friends. I have a friend that's actually getting married next week. And we would talk about this all the time. And they always be like, man, I really wish I, I, really wish I was married. I really wish I was married. I really wish I had a woman to come home to and she cook and do all the things that your wife does and, and all these things. I, I wish I was married. I wish I was married. And then all the married dudes are like, man, I wish we could just chill and be single and just, you know, vibe out. Man, I got to go home to four kids, five kids, and, and the house is a mess, and it's just crazy. I wish I could just go on a trip with my dudes and just chill out. We always think that it's greener on the other side. We always think, man, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Can I just say, can we enjoy the journey that God has us in? Whether you're single, whether you're married, whatever it is, enjoy the journey that God has you in. Because at the end of the day, if you're single, like I said earlier, no spouse, no relationship can fill that void. Fill the emptiness. A lot of us are waiting, we're waiting for the spouse to make us whole. Let me tell you, if you're not whole by yourself, first... Your marriage is not going to be good. If you're not whole and healthy yourself, your marriage will not work. Because we have to be whole ourselves. And so I think a lot of times we misinterpret being around people because we don't want to familiarize ourselves with the pain that is really going on. I used to do this all the time. I used to have so many people around me. All the time. Like distractions, just people. I'd go from one house to the next and I would hang out and I would hang out and I'd hang out. And I finally realized, this was back in college, I finally realized, I was like, man, when's the last time I was really alone? When was the last time that I really like was alone and I asked God to heal me of some things? When was the last time in my loneliness I turned to God rather than turning to all the people that were around me? When was the last time that I, that I turn to God in my loneliness rather than looking at pornography. When was the last time? And I started thinking about this years ago. And I realized, man, it's been so long. I've been filling void after void, trying to fill things with people. And these are all good people. It's not like they're bad people. It's not like I'm out partying and doing all these things. These are Bible school people. These are my homies. We know the word. We're praying together. You can still have homies, you can still have a good community around you, but at the end of the day, you can't be using community to fill the void that only God can fill. It just won't work. And so, loneliness is not the absence of people, but rather the presence of pain. Everybody shout number three. Loneliness is not the end of self, but rather the beginning of truth. Loneliness is not the end of self, but rather the beginning of truth. John 8, 31 through 32 says this. And Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, 
If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You will know the truth and what? The truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Honestly, when we experience loneliness, it can be a deeper root of fear, a fear of being alone. When we experience loneliness, it can be a deeper root of honestly, and we start running to other things, of a fear of actually being alone. And God told me this. If we are never by ourselves, if we are never alone to figure out the truth about ourselves, how can we then be set free? If we're wanting to be set free from things in our life, and we're asking God, man, change me, make me new. We come to church every single week, and we're like, man, Jesus, change me. And we're crying out to him, and we're, we're asking for these things. But then we're never alone to get on our face before him and say, Lord, in this moment, change me. I don't have to be around people. I don't have to go to a church service. I don't have to do these things, although these things are great, and there's community and there's power in it. But at the end of the day, if we're never alone, how can we be set free? If the truth will set us free. And the Holy Spirit also said this, if we are never by ourselves so that the Holy Spirit can reveal himself to us, how can we know what is the truth? If we're never by ourselves so the Holy Spirit can reveal to us what he wants us to do and shape us into who he wants us to be, how can we know the truth? If we're not by ourselves getting, getting to know who he is, how can we then know the truth? Perhaps Jesus went away and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights so that he could show us you can do it. You can get along with God. Even when the enemy tempts you, I'm like, man, Jesus, the son of God, the son of a living God, born of a virgin, went on this mountain, fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and the enemy still led him to different points. He still led him. But what did he do? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. So when we're experiencing loneliness, we got to say, it is written. God will never leave me nor forsake me. He is with me in this moment. In the dark moments of my life, he is with me. In the happiest moments of my life, he is with me. In the pain that I'm experiencing right now, he is with me. He is present. He is in the middle. He is right here with me. We have to say it is written. When we're dealing with certain things in our lives, we have to say it is written. I think there's power when Jesus was saying that. It is written. I just think about like, what do you say? Man, it is written. Devil, get behind me. Some of us need to say, it is written. Just, it is written. Read the word of God. Man, I'm dealing with fear. It is written. There is therefore now no fear in love. Why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. When I'm dealing with condemnation, there is therefore now no condemnation because those who are in Christ Jesus. All these different things, it's important that we, we really speak the word of God. And I think that when we, are, when we are alone, we are forced to be faced with the truth. And I think oftentimes that scares us. If I'm being honest with myself in this moment, like being alone sometimes scares me. Because all the thoughts that run rampant in our minds, everything, even if you're married, all the things that run, run rampant in our minds. It's just like, man, like, I don't want to be alone because I'm, I'm forced to face my thoughts. I'm forced to face the things that I'm so afraid of. I'm forced to deal with all the insecurities that I had as a child. I'm forced to deal with all the pain that I've been experiencing over the last six years. I'm forced to deal with all the hurt that has happened to me in my past. 
I'm forced to deal with those things. All the insecurity, all the depression, anything that it could be. It could be multiple things. But when we're alone with God, let me tell you, that's when he can really heal you. And that even in your loneliness, that he can use that loneliness and change, change you. He wants you to get alone with him. He wants us to, to seek his face. He wants us to be alone with him. And my last one, everybody shout number four. How the band come up. Loneliness is not about being alone, but rather who we are alone with. Loneliness is not about being alone, but rather who we are alone with. Hebrews 13, 4 through 7, it says this. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Some translations say, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be there. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life. I love this scripture. Man, when I'm feeling like down, I'm like, man, I'm persuaded. Like I love the Apostle Paul because he's like, man, I'm persuaded. I know who Jesus is. I'm fully persuaded. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor other created things will be able to separate us from the love of God. So that means no, no situation, no depression, no shame, no fear, no anxiety, no guilt, no condemnation, no sickness, no disease. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Nothing. And so when we're feeling lonely and we're in these moments of darkness, we got to say, no, nothing can separate me from the love of God. I may be alone and I may have the absence of people. I may not have anybody around me. But at the end of the day, it's me and Jesus. It's me and Jesus. And even married couples, I would urge you not to run to your spouse before you run to Jesus. A lot of us are running to our spouse when we have a complicated situation. We're so quick to run to our spouse and say, man, can you fix this, fix this, fix this, fix this. At the end of the day, we should be running to Jesus and saying, Jesus, fix this. Jesus, make my marriage better. Jesus, shape me into the man you want me to be. Jesus, shape me into the woman you want me to be. Shape me into the image that you created me to be. We should be running to Jesus instead of running to everything around us. Singles, stop running from relationship to relationship. Stop running from partner to partner. Stop looking at pornography and asking that to fill your void that you have. Stop doing those things and ask God, God, fill my void. I do desire a relationship with, with a wife or, or a husband. I do desire those things. But in this moment, in this life of singleness, I desire you more than anything in my life. I desire who you are. So right now, Lord, create in me what you want me to create. Create in me everything that you need me to be. In this moment, Father, I think of that I'm whole. I'm whole in this moment. I don't need a spouse. I don't need a woman. I don't need a man. I don't need porn. I don't need sex. I don't need anything in this moment. But I need you, Jesus, to fill my cup. Fill me up. Fill me up. That should be our heart's cry. Fill me up. We don't need all these things. And so I urge you in these moments, as we're on this relationship series, when you, when you begin to feel lonely, and when you say, man, I really feel alone, because it happens, we'll never be free from loneliness. I know couples that have been married for years that they feel alone in their marriage. I know. But in these moments, we have to ask ourselves, man, Lord, fill, fill me up. 
Lord, I know that I'm alone right now. I, I feel like I'm, I'm lonely. I feel like no one's there. But you're right here. So in this moment, in this dark moment of my life, you're right here. When I shared my story about being molested as, as a kid weeks ago, there were moments in my life where I felt lonely. I felt, man, no one's going to understand. That's the isolation. That's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants to isolate you. Man, no one's going to understand. They're going to think I'm lying. They're going to think that it's not true. Because this, this person that had molested me, he's well known and he knows everybody and everybody loves him. They're not going to believe me. And I experienced moments of being alone. I experienced moments of like, man, I feel like I have no one. I feel like I have no one to turn to. I have no one to talk to. I feel so broken. But the moment I begin to open up in my loneliness and say, Lord, even though I'm feeling alone and I feel like no one's going to understand, you understand. You understand. You know, every individual, you created every individual in this world. So you understand. There's darkness. Things happen to every single person. There are things that have happened to you that are in your past. There are things that are happening to you right now. But I urge you and I encourage you that in this moment of loneliness, in this moment of, of pain, in this moment of whatever you're dealing with, I urge you to say, God, God, fill me up. Fill me up. I know that I'm not alone. I know that you are with me. So this is a question we have to ask ourselves. At the end of the day, whether I'm single or married, am I afraid to be alone? Am I afraid to be alone? We have to make sure that we aren't desiring a relationship if we are single for the wrong reasons. We have to check our heart. Say, why do I want to be in a relationship? Why do I want to be married? And even in our marriages, we have to check our heart and say, man, I'm feeling alone in this marriage. But Lord, I know that you are here in this marriage. And Lord, I turn to you. When things get frustrating with my spouse, I turn to you before I turn to anything else. I choose to turn to you. So we have to make sure that in times of loneliness that we are choosing to run to Jesus instead of running to relationship after relationship. We have to choose to run to Jesus rather than running from friend to friend. We have to choose to run to Jesus before we can run to our spouse or anybody else or anything else. We have to choose to run to him. So remember this, point one. In, in loneliness, we are never separated. Loneliness is not the absence of people, but rather the presence of pain. Loneliness is not the end of self, but rather the beginning of truth. And last but not least, loneliness is not about being alone, but rather who we are alone with. Will you stand with me in this moment?